Today's guest is Tiffany Boucher. She is an alien contactee. She's had an out-of-body experience, and she's had a spiritually transformative experience, which actually may be a near-death experience. And we're going to find out about that this evening. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you. I'm honored to be here with you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, All right. So let's start with this. What happened with that spiritually transformative experience that may classify as an NDE? Well, it was March of 1997. Strangely enough, it was during the time in which we had the Phoenix Lights appear in the sky. (laughs) And the experience that I had, it was... I believe it had to have been a being that had transported from a different star system. And I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. And shortly after I had literally an experience where in, in a sense, I wasn't fearful of the being. It was that, Jesus then said, call upon me and I will be there. It was Jesus that it was like he was there. And then all of a sudden it was Jesus. And there was a pyramid in the corner of the room. It was yellowish green and it went into my stomach and I became a tree of lightning. And at that moment, I had experienced everything you could ever imagine as euphoric on this level. I've never had a child, but in a sense, I felt like I had had a child and it was in my arm. I had felt everything you could feel that was just an amazing experience. And then I had gone through, it was almost like a a schooling of sort. I was in a garden and there was a bishop there and I had learned the Kabbalah I learned the I Ching. I had the tetrahedron star. All of these things became like knowledgeable to me. I literally learned Kether, Binma, Chakma, Tesid, the whole Kabbalah. And that's how I know, not only do I know that it actually happened, my sister came to me the next day and she said, did did you have an experience last night with something? Cause it was something was hovering over me. So something was ho- hovering over her and, and then it was standing over me, which was interesting. But the tree of lightning, I felt like I became ev- a part of everything. And it was almost like the next day I actually felt like it wasn't a feeling. I not only didn't, I started speaking in tongues I didn't realize it until I was just speaking it, and now I still do. It's just an emotional experience that I feel, and I speak it. It's not like, you know, in a moment I have these. It's it's just an emotion. Were you and your sister roommates at the time, and were you, did this happen like in, a, yes. in your house or an apartment? It was in our apartment. Okay, and so maybe you um, you were, it was already, you were sleeping or asleep in bed when it happened, and it kind of woke you up? Yes. And yes, then, it woke me up. Okay, interesting. And then you were saying that it was a being, but then you realized it was Jesus or it was two beings and it was Jesus and another being? It was a being 
I was paralyzed. I couldn't move. I just started speaking the Lord's Prayer over and over and over and over. And I couldn't move. I was paralyzed. And then Jesus is there. It's white, just white. And this the corner of the room is literally the pyramid that appeared, which was like a triangle and a three. You know, you have a triangle like this. It's there, right in the corner of the room, yellowish green. Mm. And when this happened and, the, and it went into my stomach and I experienced that, imagine this for a second. Every single radio that you have ever tuned into is going all at once, talking, talking, all around you. At the moment that I actually had that experience, I had the first experience of utter silence. And I felt like a feather. Mm -hmm. Literally, like my body was like... It was the most most amazing experience I've ever had. And then when you started knowing all this stuff, was it like a download? It was like a download. It was like a software upgrade. And I literally, just like you said, what I feel that happened at that moment was, you know how I explained that there is a vertical? It's like, it's like a photosynthesis, photosynthesis of sort. And we have the, the horizontal experience here as humans. So I can tell you, like, for instance, I give you AI. AI can only equate you to what the equation is. But in a sense, I explained to you what a lemon does. You start salivating because you've experienced that. That's the horizontal that you can't express to the, the vertical in which is expanding humanity right now as we speak. So my perception is instead of looking at AI or any of this new age uh, elevations of sort as, you know, oh, AI is going to take over or whatever the case I don't think that anything can be, it, we, they can't, n- nobody can experience what humans experience. We can only, you know, it can only identify we are who we are and equate that. Does that make sense? And I'm going back and forth to that. Yeah. But can you imagine being, mm-hmm. but um yeah, I do believe it was a download. I believe that, you know, what I had experienced at that moment, it was like I needed to be calibrated. So you and felt- I was too much here. Did you feel like you were in a state of confusion then? Before I actually had my experience, I was very depressed. I probably slept for eight days straight. I was so exhausted that I was crawling to go to the restroom. I was completely exhausted. You know how you go into a depression that you literally are paralyzed where 
you know, it's like you feel like the world. I didn't have rest. It was like I had absolutely no rest, even though I would sleep for hours on end. You know, what's interesting is probably most people would say, oh, it sounds like you had sleep paralysis. But since your sister experienced it at the same time as well, that makes it credible. Right. That's why I can identify not only the knowledge in which I was provided. I looked it up. I asked, I've been asking people like that are in the field of teaching the Kabbalah. Mm -hmm. I say, I was actually, I was provided this information. Like I memorized this and I asked, I said, well, what am I? Well, what you've provided me, what am I? And then the voice speaks and it tells me such things like you're a primordial metronome. And I said, okay, well, so what is this primordial metronome? Well, it is that in which can keep up with the wave in which the trans, the, the trans, uh, what is the proper word I'm trying to think? So you can keep up with that. Does that make sense? So if you have, um, you have a, an antenna of sort and that antenna follows it at that perfect rhythm, it can actually retain what it is without interception. And then I, and then also, of course, the I was told I was a conduit. And then I understood that the radio I was tuned into was my ancestors on other planets or in other galaxies of sort. I gave this woman, this psychic, I said I was given this star. Um, at this time, I had this experience as well. And... Uh, I said, well, what do you think this star means? And she says, well, it looks like it's for every point is where what galaxies you're actually connected to. It was eight. So did all this communication happen during your experience or is this ongoing communication? Well, I had a, a whole bunch of knowledge provided to me and I can only express it this way. At the moment I had my experience, this was uh, in the garden. I was sitting there and I had been sitting with uh, oils, like tinctures of oils, which were senses, like, uh, you know, whatever it is, memory. And, And my advisor, which I felt like I had a teacher and he was going through all of these different things, like this is this, and these are all the memories. And um, so there was a lot of information, but I have had ongoing then, not necessarily um, downloads of, of information. It's more like visitations now, like observation. Uh, my interactions have been more I could get into more detail if you want to go into that um, with the what I believe extraterrestrials that have certain jurisdictions on the planet. So when I lived in San Francisco, I had my interaction with a different species. I had when I lived in Wyoming, I had a different interaction with those species. When I was in Hawaii, I had interaction with that species. Um, 
I was here, I had the experience with the Nevada white, long, straight hair. Um, I can, I can tell you all, I had the blue avians. The blue avians were back in 2011. That was when they communicated with me that, and I was fearful. I was, I was worried. There is a species though coming right now. And I'm kind of interested because I had an image that I had posted up on Facebook and literally shortly after that, the exact same image came up as a crop circle. Hmm. The exact same image. Wow. Within days of me posting that on Facebook. And I posted that up. And I was like, what, what is the coral? I mean, what does that mean? Am I in con- communication with whatever that is that is communicating at that level? Or, you know, because I, I'm not going to be one to say definitively you know, I am in communication with one in particular species and this is what I have as a message because it's like saying, you know, I'm listening to 98.7 and this is the music that I'm getting from 98.7. Then I'm going to tune into 99.9 and that's the music I'm going to get from that. Does that make sense? After this experience happened that night, do you feel like you were spiritually transformed? Had you changed? Were you different? What was different about you? Well, I'll tell you, when I was a kid, I was very um, angry. I was, uh, I hurt things. Almost in a sense that I wanted other things to hurt because I was hurting in a sense. It's so strange to think that I could even fathom being this way. But when I had my experience, I actually, I can't even imagine even killing a bug because then even to give you a perspective, a couple days after I actually had my experience, I was looking at this bug on my window and I was like, these bugs have knees you know as strange as it is that you go down to the smallest little thing that has relevance because you've touched that everything and you understand its equation that everything kind of works together yeah i mean that i mean that's true i mean even something as simple as i was watching today about everything has its place. It was just happened to be something about sharks. And, you know, if you take away the sharks, then it creates an imbalance in the ocean. So even bugs have, even bugs have a, a reason and an importance. Right. It makes sense what you say. I became a vegetarian Hmm. and I actually became a vegan, but then I converted into vegetarian. Um, but just like you said, it's about the sharks. If you actually have something like that and you don't have a consumption on certain levels, you're going to have an imbalance of sort. But there is a conversion. We can make different changes as we go forward. In the most rec- I believe that it is most necessary for humanity to make certain choices because of this. When I became a vegan, I, as my tower of understanding, became pure 
of anything emotionally attached to it, meaning I had no, no animal products whatsoever. I was my own tower of information. I wasn't consuming something that had been suffering in some way. It was everything that I knew as me. And I think that that's a lot of what suffering comes from is because of when we consume something that has an emotional experience. I felt that. When you go vegan, you can, if you are on that level of awareness, where you feel at certain deep levels, which is happening right now as we speak. These kids coming into the world right now, millennials, these kids are suffering so bad because they feel at such levels that they don't understand why they feel what they feel. And they're all medicated to try to suppress all of that, which in turn, if they could just identify the fact that there are certain little changes that you can make to actually find your peace. And one of those things are to eliminate animal products out of your diet. I got a question here. And I want you to answer it also since you have had contact with so many different alien species. You may be the okay. best person to answer this question. What do you think about Stephen Hawking's thinking that, the, that he thought making contact with aliens is a very bad idea for us? Well... I believe that there are certain beings uh, that are it, just like humans. They're in a war amongst each other for a certain agenda. And it's important that we all identify exactly what those agendas are. So we are not subject to certain things. And I can understand what he's saying. But if you think of it this way, rather, if those are your brothers and sisters in the galaxies, it's unfair that you don't know what you are. You don't know where you come from. It's unfair to sit around and try to just figure things out with each other. Why not have the truth? When you make alien contact, is it while you're in waking consciousness or is it in your dreams or how is it happening? Both. It depends on where I am when it comes to if I'm distracted in some way. Think of yourself as if you're going back and forth, right? And a I, when I had my experience... I had the ability to take the, 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 that's the information coming in. So I can, I can, I can actually, instead of going, you know, I was more in focus, if that makes sense. So if I'm sitting there and I'm having a moment, I'll just give you an example. For instance, recently, I'm sitting there, my back patio, and to the left of me, my observer is a very large uh, praying mantis, literally huge, just there in the trees next to what looks like Horus. 
I had to look up, not Horace, um, the cow woman, um, not Horace. Who is it that, that, um, are you referring she's to Egyptian? Yeah. I was going to say an Egyptian. I don't know all the Egyptian goddesses. It's Egyptian. The cow lady, hmm. um, Hathor. I'm sorry. So Hathor is standing there, right? And it's almost like the praying mantis is standing over her for just protection of what she was doing standing there. But in any case, it's those moments. And it's not as if I'm having literally sometimes communication. It's just I see them and they're observing me. Hmm. Does that make sense? Hmm. I can see them though. Right. Do you know if you have any alien hybrid children? I believe I have several. Have you ever seen? Because ever since I was very young, I had moments of, yeah. And I actually, the one moment, I'll tell you, in Wyoming, Mm -hmm. it was more like them taking the eggs. But when I came here to Arizona and I uh, experienced the reptilians, I, it was so scary to me because it was my interaction with those in which were before were very loving and caring. And I don't know if it was just having the ability to tap into, to have the ability to, for me to be um, comfortable. But in here, when I came to Arizona and I met the species, it was, I was scared because it didn't have any emotion whatsoever. There's no interacting with it when it comes to emotion whatsoever. There's no, please don't hurt me. Um, I don't know what you're here for, but I believe that they took my first child Hmm. that I had actually conceived. Wow. Yeah. I've had one guest before that told me, I think, that she may have had hybrids from harvesting her eggs. And then I believe I have a recent guest. They were able to get her DNA just from her hair. Well, my most recent experience, it's a little much when it comes to the white white hair uh, beings that I just... Um, but I almost feel like they were stimulating an energy as they were taking, which was different than what I experienced. So it was different from different places, but I, I do believe I have connection to those. I got another question here, which is Mm -hmm. why do you think aliens want to have hybrids with humans? Well, and that's a question I had for myself as well. And I, understood the answer was there are certain places that are inhabitable and if there is a species in which it wants to adapt to a different place to um, have the ability to live like we do I mean if it's if you think about it even since back in the years that we've ever evolved, we've always wanted to live longer or be young forever or whatever the case. Imagine if you had no inhabitable planet and you knew you had an end coming, 
but you knew how to go about going, you know, saving your child's. You, you, you have the ability to give them a second chance by going about doing such a thing. But I believe that aliens in, on this planet have jurisdictions. Like I've met, like they, I don't understand why, but I saw, for instance, um, there were aliens that were in war with each other, Washington and Syria. And they were the exact same race, and they were fighting over something. And I don't know what it was, but I remember they were fighting over, like, for instance, some type of um, jurisdiction of sort, Mm -hmm. Syria. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is interesting. But, uh, again, I'm just an observer. I'm outside looking in, and I'm not in communication with them, but they know. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I find it interesting that you found different groups of aliens in different areas of the country that you lived in. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I was in Hawaii. Well, Hawaii, the uh, the electrical beings, those were the static electric beings that I, they told me they lived in the volcanoes. And uh, yeah, it was, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't tell you why um, or what it means. All I know is the aliens in Wyoming were different than the aliens in San Francisco. The San Francisco aliens were underwater. They were fish, part fish, part eagle, underwater. And um, let's see, the Blue Avians, 2011. Um, I have a whole list that I've actually have had contact with. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned the Blue Avians. That's kind mm-hmm. of something that's new to me. Do you know about the Blue Avians? Well, I had a podcast guest that was kind of describing them recently. And then um, mm-hmm. I kind of was, you know, I look around on YouTube for interesting people to find to be my guests. And I saw someone that was looked like he was talking about blue avians, but I didn't kind of go too deep about it. So maybe you can tell me. My perception is they don't actually reside on the planet. They actually are outside of um, the planet more moon sun near something like this uh the one thing i did find was uh i was kind of worried about what was happening at the moment because i felt like there was going to be an impact on the earth this was 2011 and um i literally saw them detour a huge asteroid that was supposed to hit the earth and it went around and it literally went from impact to completely around. And it was like the message came to me was, we're here to protect you. We're not here to harm you. Did you see in the news today that there was a uh, commercial flight? And I think it happened right over the New Mexico, Arizona border that a UFO flew over the plane and they called it in. I believe that. I believe that there are many structures. I think that we have not only just 
aliens, but we have transporters from other times as well. We have time travelers. So it's not just aliens, it's time travelers too. Do you think most of the aliens are getting here by just, you know, nuts and bolts on a ship? Or do you think they're traveling here interdimensionally? I think they're multidimensional. But there are those in which it's, think of yourself as vibrating at a certain level, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're vibrating at a certain level, right, you're going back and forth, I can't see you because you are going so fast. It's similar to that. You go, you know what I mean? So... I think that's why I think I have so many different experiences with many is because I can, I go into those different places of vibration in which they reside. Have you ever been in a UFO? And if so, can you describe what it looked like? That was in Wyoming. I had a, my friends, they were a little blue people and they were so sweet to me i didn't want them to leave me there i know that sounds crazy but i literally begged them not to leave me here but uh i always thought of them as leprechauns you know because the only you know the only thing back then in 1970s or whatever the case Mm -hmm. that had any relation to that that which could be because now we can actually say okay, these are these beings and we can identify where they came from. Back in the day, I had to try to figure it out because there was nothing of the sort back then. And so they were my leprechauns, you know, and um, I was on the ship and they took me to a place and it was amber. It was like an amber crystal city and everything was like a see-through clear, like we have walls they had an amber clear type of wall. It was beautiful. It's interesting that you mentioned leprechauns. Is it possible that you could call them elves? You know, same thing. I think that we have had experiences throughout the years and we've only tried to make sense of it by creating characters that would actually mimic that. I had one guest that had an NDE, and during his NDE, he saw elves, and then he read a book about people who take DMT, and they were describing the same thing that he saw, and I believe a lot of people who take DMT see the elves, and they call them machine elves. Do you think it's possible that that's what you were seeing? You know, it's... I think that when we have certain experiences, when it's something like DMT or psych, uh, psychotic or psych, what is the mushrooms and so forth? Yeah. Mushrooms and, um, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. What is the mushroom? It's, uh, Uh, it starts with psilocybin, right? Psilocybin. Exactly the same. I think it opens up that. So where, certain people that have the ability to see those things on a normal wouldn't would have the ability to have you know somebody that's blocked off to that but have those experiences but nuts and bolts are you talking about identifying those uh, beings as nut, nuts and bolts uh beings that just ships come and so forth are you asking this question is that what 
Oh no, I had talked about, about that. the elves. No, I was just curious if you saw the same type of elves. That's all. That you know what people see that that take DMT. If it was the same. Okay. Well, I've never had um, when it comes to hallucinations on such things, but I could identify with the fact that if certain people are in connection with their ancestors, Mm -hmm. that they would have the ability to see things at levels that they have blocked themselves off to see. But I think there are certain things right now that are opening up since, I would say, since right about 1997 mm-hmm. is when the when the light source was coming in to where people are starting to be awakened and the awakening is that horizontal experience where we have the understanding and its experience do you know of the ascension and if so what do you know about that well ascension is what uh, photosynthesis of sort when it comes to your spiritual being. Is that right? I haven't seen anybody on the exact same time. Some people say it already happened in 2012. Some people say it's happening. Some people say it's going to happen. But at some point, there's going to be this massive spiritual shift of most people on the planet. Well, I don't believe in time zones. I believe in tuning into a place in which your consciousness says, it's enough for me to handle. So therefore, whatever you're saying right now has already happened. It's just a matter of when you find that you're ready for that. There was a guy that I saw on the Gaia channel um, or Gaia.com or something. And he said mm-hmm. that the essential, the ascension is already going on, but there's an alien race that's blocking it. And once we remove them... Everybody, it's going to be like this massive change on the planet. Well, I think that we, in a sense, are our own worst enemy when it comes to blocking ourselves from the expansion because we think we have certain boundaries that are not there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a whale mm-hmm. in a fish tank. You're only going to grow so far if you can think that there may be something that will keep you from, from that expansion. So to me, I think you are exactly where you can be depending upon where you can handle that. Have you ever taken ayahuasca or any other psychedelics like DMT? No, I've never had this, but I think that my experience being that I think that it would, I, you know what I would actually invite that perspective actually i'm interested to see what would happen if i did i mean i don't think you have to take those to be able to have any type of an experience i was just curious if you happen to have yeah no but i would be interested to doing so Mm. i would be because if it can help me expand and understand even more what it is i'm experiencing here i would completely invite that Mm. i've been looking into a retreat uh, ayahuasca retreat or a psilocybin retreat. I think that my experiences with psilocybin I've had are more, and I will say that I think it's almost necessary to have certain, I would say, um, it's like having a, an emotional laxative because we hold on to so many things 
that if you have the ability to just release that, you're going to have the ability to go forward even stronger. This experience that you had back when you were in your apartment, is it like Mm -hmm. a memory that fades or it never fades and you just can't shake it? As a matter of fact, I went back to the location in which I had my experience. Mm -hmm. And there is a structure built there called Sky Song. Mm -hmm. And it's on Scottsdale and McDowell Road. And I actually did the aerial view of the location. And I thought to myself, how ironic this is that I had my experience there. They demolished the place in which we lived, Sam and I. And they built a structure called Sky Song. And the structure had something to do with DNA, the structure as it, but if you go into the structure, it has this sound that actually uh, emanates from the structure. And I don't think it's coincidental. I had an experience and it was almost like I, I could only say my interaction with that was something that came from another place. And had a physical interaction with me that calibrated me to what I am now. You've described what the, um, what do we call them, blue avians looked like. Mm -hmm. Can you Mm -hmm. describe what some of the other alien species look like? So, yes, I had um, the experience that I had with um, the the tall, white, long hair um, had an assistant. And the assistant... I looked up at him because some of these species, they don't have any kind of gravity. It's, it's like they defy gravity. And this species had literally the pineal gland growing out of the top of its head, dangling. And as I observed and I witnessed, it was like, in a sense, telepathically, like, you shouldn't even know that we're here. You shouldn't have any awareness that you are where you are. And I was in Sedona. And in Sedona, the I had, I mean, I could say there were like 30 of these beings that were crawling upside down, all around, up, you know, on the ceiling. And all I could hear them say were was is it really here is it really here i'm saying what is it you know but they had white really pale like grayish skin with no ears and it's like they had language on their skin like unknown language written on their skin um the blue avians were like a like a bird man and the aliens in San Francisco like i said they were like underwater eagles like i would even say that they were even related to to what we would correlate as uh the mermaids see i think a lot of what we actually come up with when it comes to you know 
fictitious things that we create, like elves or fairies or mermaids, have a correlation to certain things that have more of a pure existence to the partial that we are. Because I think we're a collaboration or we're a bunch of different entities that have come together to make who we are as humans. Hmm. If you think that you could go to a planet, they would all look alike. They would all have the same cultures, the belief systems. But you go to all these different places and they have all these different belief systems and food and what it is they believe. And you have to think to yourself, if we all come from the same place, why such differences? It would be amazing if there was disclosure and all the aliens would just show themselves on this planet and it would be kind of like Star Wars, you know. You would go like to hmm. the cantina and you would see all these different beings there. <laughs> yeah. But I think that sadly it's uh it would create too much fear. I think that what they have right now in place would actually help people. They help it helps people get by. You know, you have too much exposure. You're going to have a little bit of chaos, especially with people saying, oh, this is so indefinable. It must be evil, which evil backwards is live. Devil backwards is lived. <laughs> it's the opposite of that. <laughs> it's the mirror. Yeah, I think it would cause a lot of fear and panic, but I think eventually we would get over it we would have become accustomed to it. it would, yeah. I don't know. That's just me thinking. I could be way I don't know. And I'll tell you why I have, I, I know people that are so religious that no matter what, it would be destructive to them. Mm-hmm. And you'd be amazed on how many people that are actually so structured in that way that they have to have that otherwise opposite to that or indefinable is pure evil to them Hmm. and what is what happens to those what happens to those moments when you have you know such religion that they would burn people at the stake because they're like they're not like us we must watch them die how sad is that where is that right in human consciousness it doesn't equate just as i mentioned to you back when i before i had my experience i could harm things and even witness that without thought it was a it was almost like a i can identify what i was before and know that what i am now cleansed of that cleansed of the thought that i can even imagine harming a thing 
or eating anything with eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And I still kind of keep coming back to your experience. Mm-hmm. And you encountered Jesus, but do you feel yeah. like it was a religious experience? You know, and I will tell you that I I do believe that I have the same blood type as Jesus, if the shrouded Terran is correct. RH negative, A, B, RH negative. I match the blood type. I believe that I'm an ancestor. I believe I'm related to Jesus. But what I believe happened the moment that I had my experience when this being came, it came to me with not willing, not wanting to harm me, but it wanted to help me be what I needed to be. And my fear in that moment wouldn't have allowed me to invite that. So I think that it uh, shape-shifted into what would be something that would keep me from fearing my interaction with it. So does that make sense? So when you had that experience, you said you were paralyzed, or at least your body was. Did you pop out of your body and then interact with Jesus? Or were you laying there paralyzed and he was just communicating to you while you were not moving? You're nodding your head, yes. We're paralyzed, yeah. Call upon me and I will be there. So did you feel like he paralyzed you? So maybe you would listen? I think my fear paralyzed me. Oh, interesting. I think I was... I was paralyzed in fear. And I think the only way that that this being could have the interaction with me would be to help me identify with that in which would keep me from being uh, in defense to that because of just the unknowing of what it was at the moment. So are you saying that he appeared as Jesus so it would comfort you? I believe it became that, yeah. And so I believe in Jesus. I believe I'm a re- I I am related to Jesus. I know that sounds a little odd, but I believe I have being that I even have the same blood type, ABRH negative, which is in the Shroud of Turin, which I had to I stumbled upon. I feel like Jesus is an ancestor. And I believe that when this being came to me, it converted into what would allow me to be no longer in fear. Not that it should I should have feared it. It was just not knowing what it was made me fear it. But it actually had to convert into something that I would not fear to have the experience that I had. That's my belief. Right. It kind of reminds me of that movie Contact. Have you seen that movie? Where, I did. Yeah. Where at the I end, love that movie. Where at the end, when she was contacting the being, it took the form of her father. So she could be, you know, yeah. it could, it, she could communicate with it comfortably. Do you think it's the same way that it, uh, it became Jesus? You know what? That is exactly, yes, that's exactly what I think happened. That is exactly what I think happened. Interesting. Which is interesting because I didn't think that that was 
even remotely the case. I believe that Jesus truly came to me. I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus existed. But at the moment I had my experience, I believe this entity that had actually transported from a different place, which had something to do with a star system. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. In any case, I don't know. I'm losing myself. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so did he or did the being ever identify himself and say, hey, Tiffany, I'm Jesus? Or you just kind of felt like you had a knowingness that this was Jesus? I felt like it was Jesus because he was, it was just utter white light here. And, uh, and he, the voice spoke, call upon me and I will be there. And calmed me in that moment to where the next series of events took place. Were you a Christian before this happened? Yes. I've, I grew up an Episcopalian. Okay. Even though I was having experiences with aliens and my sister or my mom uh, pulled a receptor out of my leg and she said, this looks like some type of radio device receptor type of thing. It literally was deep in my leg. She pulled it all the way out. And she says, what is this? It's an object. It was like a, it was like a tracking device. Yeah. Wow. My mom kept it for the longest time. So you think that she pulled an alien yeah. implant I, out? Yeah. And I, I used to wake up literally in the grass in the middle of the backyard. Wow. Hmm. That would be amazing. If but I begged them. <laughs> I begged my friends back then to not leave me here on this planet. <laughs> that I didn't want to stay. I was going to say that would be amazing if she still had that device. Oh, I know. I know. See, I actually spoke with her about it recently. I said, remember that thing you took out of my leg? She said, that was the craziest thing. Because when she pulled it out, it was so deep inside there. It was like literally when she pulled it out, it was just kept coming out. It was crazy. How did she know it was there in the first place? It was sticking out. I had a piece sticking out of my leg. Like it didn't get all the way in. I know that sounds a little odd, like you would think. <laughs> it should have been obviously planted in. I don't know why there was a disturbance in that, but yeah. She pulled it out of my leg. Has your mom had contact with aliens as well? She didn't say she's had a physical experience, but she said that she went through a, an entire um, moment of having child without a child. Like she went to the doctor and they said, we don't know why there's no baby in here. You have everything other than a baby. So, but she did have experiences where she had seen at distances um, ships and so forth. But that was about the extent of it. She's never said she's had interaction like I have. Did you become more religious after your experience? I actually think that I more tuned into everything that was like literally, I became the planet. 
instead of being, I would say, more religious, I, I would feel the pain of the, remember they had the earthquake and then there was this disturbance with the, um, what is it, the radio um, disturbance in, uh, in Japan. What is this? The, the, the Fukushima. Yeah. The Fukushima. And so when you have this experience and you experience that, you're connected. You almost feel like, okay, well, I'm having a problem with my stomach because Japan is having trouble. And so the only way of remedy was stumbling upon uh, biogeometry because you had to go in between all the things that had the light language so you could shake the hands of the adversity in which took place. So you say, okay, well, this disturbance took place here. What, what can you invite? Because there's nothing you can do to reverse it. All you're going to have to do is find a way to dance with it initially. Do you know what biogeometry is? Uh, no, I've never heard of that before. Can you tell me more what that is? Yeah, so biogeometry, it was created, and I wish I knew his name because he's an amazing creator, but he has literally identified the light language within certain even organs that you have, let's say a feng shui in your heart. It's the energy language that's the perfect the perfect circulation to all of your organs, even on the planet. So you go inside of everything that is, you have the ability to move mountains and so forth because you have the ability to communicate with that energy. All right. Let me switch gears on you here. Okay. Now you mentioned that you're on Facebook. And after mm -hmm. people watch this podcast, they may want to reach out to you and either ask you about their, your experience or share their experience with you. So mm -hmm. are you a public person? Do you, are you willing to um, communicate with people or are you private? I am private. private. Okay. I, don't, I don't really share my... And the only reason why is, and I understand there's so many people that are so inquisitive with certain things and so forth. And I, it's important that we all come together and collaborate our involvement here. And the ways that we do so is connection through internet and so forth. But I do stay private. That's fair enough. Sorry. Well, that's fair enough. You I'm know, sorry some people about that. are and some people aren't. Just through my experience of just doing this podcast, people will reach out to me and tell me their experiences and stuff or leave comments about their experiences yeah. as well as um, I think that people actually will reach out to the guests and want to share their experience with them or ask their questions. So I was just seeing if you were available or not, but that's perfectly okay. Thank you. That's I appreciate you having me. Hey, Tiffany. I so appreciate 
I appreciate you being on my podcast and I want to say thank you because um, without guests like you, there would be no podcasts. So thank you very much. You're beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. So are you. And um, we're running thank out of time. You. So I really appreciate you. And um, I wish you the best. And I hope you have an amazing weekend. You too. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.